Good Sunday, Northgate. It's time to get into God's Word this morning. We're going to be in Luke chapter 16, the parable of the shrewd manager. Lord Jesus, I pray that you'll bless your word today. Holy Spirit, would you speak to us? I pray this in your precious name. Amen. A parable that's not often talked about or maybe hard to understand. I know it was for me. Maybe I'll speak for myself. But let's read it in Luke chapter 16 this morning. Jesus told this story to his disciples. There was a certain rich man who had a manager handling his affairs. One day a report came to the manager that the manager was wasting his employer's money. So the employer called him in and said, what's this I hear about you? Get your report in order because you're going to be fired. The manager thought to himself, now what? My boss has fired me. I don't have the strength to dig ditches and I'm too proud to beg. Ah, I know how to ensure that I'll have plenty of friends who will give me a home when I'm fired. So he invited each person who owed money to his employer to come and discuss the situation. He asked the first one, how much do you owe him? The man replied, I owe him 800 gallons of olive oil. So the manager told him, take the bill and quickly change it to 400 gallons. And how much do you owe my employer? He asked the next man, I owe him 1,000 bushels of wheat. Was the reply here? The manager said, take the bill, change it to 800 bushels. The rich man had to admire the dishonest rascal for being so shrewd. And it is true that the children of this world are more shrewd in dealing with the world around them than the children of the light. Here's the lesson. Use your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends. Then when your possessions are gone, they will welcome you to an eternal home. Verse 10, if you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches of heaven? Verse 12. And if you are not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own? No one can serve two masters. For you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. The Pharisees, who dearly loved their money, heard all this and scoffed at him. Then they said to him, or he said to them, You like to appear righteous in public, but God knows your hearts. What this world honors is detestable, detestable in the sight of God. So I was reading from the New Living Translation, a little different from the New King James Version, and maybe my challenge in reading there. But here we are. Why would Jesus commend dishonor? honesty and cheating i think we have to understand as we begin that he's going to teach a good lesson from a bad character it's not that this parable is trying to say that dishonesty and cheating are good but rather preparing for your future is really important so this parable is about money, and we see that more so in the end. The last verses make it abundantly clear it's all about money. Actually, 
12 of 38 parables that Jesus spoke were about money. That's 31%. That's a lot of airtime or text time in this idea of money. But the reality is we have to deal with money every day. Money's a challenge. Uh, money's what we think about. Money's the grease that makes the world turn. So we need the Lord's wisdom. And parables, again, are little stories to give us uh, these seeds of wisdom in understanding into the kingdom, into the king's heart, so we can learn and grow as we apply them. Today, for me, basically just three things that came forth from this parable. Hopefully that they will be an encouragement to you as well. The first one is we need to have wisdom and invest in eternity. This is nothing new. I'm sure you've heard this before, but man, we, we really do need to hear it. We need to fight the good fight. And that comes from the book of First Timothy chapter 6, where it is also all about money. But Jesus is saying in the parable in verse 9, here is the lesson that your earthly possessions will stop or the New King James will fail. And this fella is preparing for his future, this shrewd manager. He's preparing by investing in these people that he would be okay after he got fired. We are going to face judgment as well. And one of the questions is, are we preparing by building our treasure in eternity or on this earth? Are we investing in these things? So I do want to read a little bit of First Timothy chapter 6, and it will teach us about this as well. We're first, now godliness with contentment is great gain. Amen. Not if you have more, not if you think you have more. No. If you can be godly with what you have, that is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. But those who desire to be rich fall into a temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. You know what? We read this, we've heard these verses, but they are so true that if our heart is to love money or ourselves more than God, it certainly can be a root of tremendous evil in our life. And we're just piercing ourselves with that. But you, he goes on in verse 11, O man of God, or we'll add woman of God, flee these things, scram, get out of that way of thinking. And this is where it's very difficult because everything around us is about taking care of ourselves. Everything around us is about finding comfort, wanting more. You deserve it. You need it. Are you secure in the world? But Paul says to Timothy in these instructions about money, and the same as our parable there in Luke 16, now wisdom, flee that stuff and prepare for eternity. Fight the good fight. Back to 1 Timothy 6, fight the good fight, lay hold of eternal life. And that's the wisdom. 
And that's the parable, that's this section. Lay hold, grab eternal life. Fight the good fight because the thoughts, the temptations are daily to be anxious, to worry, to think of money and this world. But we are called rather to pursue faith and love and patience, to continue to battle every day to be generous. You know, some people have the gift of giving. It says in Romans, uh, I believe, chapter 5, and the rest of us have to fight to work at it to be what God wants us to be. We know all that we have is from him. And we want to build our treasure in eternity. As you continue on in 1 Timothy 6, it's interesting because the beginning, it's not having and desiring money but in verse 17, well, what if you do have money, which is probably a lot of us because we live in where we do in Canada, we're the first world nation we have so much. Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God. It's not how much I have. It's not what I can get. It's trusting not in that, but in God. Note this, who gives us richly all things to enjoy. It's not the having of things the problem. It's wanting them more than God's will. Obviously, God blesses us and he wants us to richly enjoy all things. But if our contentment, our joy... Our security is coming from things and money. We're in a place that we need to fix. And here, if we have, give. It says in 18, verse 18, let them do good. That's those who are rich. That they may be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come that they may lay hold of eternal life. Again, hold Again, Jesus commending the shrewd guy for his future. We want to be wise like him for our eternal future in building treasure there and not here on earth. What an encouragement today. And I'm sure maybe you know all of that, but we need to be reminded. So number one, have wisdom investing in eternal things, whether you don't or you do have, lay hold Build your treasure there. Secondly, back to the parable in the lesson, when we look in verse 10, it's an interesting verse that we would apply to different areas. I don't know how often we apply it to money, but in the story, it says, if you, in verse 10, are faithful in little things, you'll be faithful in larger ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibility. What does that mean? What is Jesus saying? Well, I think it's pretty clear that if we can learn to be disciplined in our giving when we don't have much, then when God gives us more, we'll be able to handle that responsibility, to handle that blessing. Often I've said to myself, I've heard from others, when I have... I will give more, or when I'm older, or in 
you know, we might have a part-time job. As we're young and teenagers, I can speak to teenagers too on this video. Hopefully, maybe some are watching. Well, they'll think of giving then. Uh, no, we need to think now when we have little. We think when we have more, we'll have extra. But it's not the case sometimes. And we need to understand that we need to grow in our generosity, in our ability to give now, and then the Lord blesses because he can trust us when we have much more. And that's an encouragement today. Uh, I don't know. I think we've all been in those places when we're squeezed. Don't, when you're squeezed, squeeze the Lord and his instructions out of your life. But rather learn, and then as you have more, it won't be a challenge. And I've seen in my life, and probably yours or uh, maybe you've seen in those you admire who are givers, as they give, it seems that God gives them more and they're that channel just to bless others. And that's what we're called to, to lay hold of eternity more and more as we learn when we have little, like the widow and the one might, that we can have more because we'll be giving and not worried or enslaved to resources or to money in our life. So thirdly, and I think we've all heard all of this, uh, yeah, laying hold of eternity, generosity starts now in our discipline, no matter the age or, or what we have. But I would say, thirdly, we just, you know what, it's all about the heart. And that's what it comes down to. Where is your heart today? And at the end of the parable, it's clear that Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees as well as his disciples. And it says the Pharisees who dearly loved their money heard all this and scoffed at him. And they said, and he said to them, you like to appear righteous in public, but God knows your hearts. Where is your heart this morning? Where is my heart? We cannot serve two masters. We're going to hate one and love the other. Um, we're going to be devoted to God or we're going to be devoted to money. And I would say to ourselves and to what we have, you, you can't serve God and uh, serve money. And that's an instruction of Jesus. We know all the way back in the book of Matthew, he makes it clear that we're to lay up our treasure in heaven because where your treasure is, your heart is also. Where's your heart this morning? Is it on eternity building? Is it on God? Is it on others? Or is it on yourself? Just a little story to close. And, you know, truly it is the heart. And maybe it can make sense through this story a little bit. But when I was first married to Amy, I don't know, sometime in the first five years, I don't really know. We didn't have much, uh, and Christmas was rolling around, and I was thinking of how thankful I was for my wife, and how much I loved her, and all the stuff that she had uh, done and brought to our marriage and to our family, and yeah, I was at a jeweler, and I was picking out some earrings, and at that point, it felt like it didn't matter how expensive it was because I was so thankful for who she was. I was in love with her. I had received her love. For me, then to spend money on her was no problem because I was so thankful. My heart 
was hers. And so my pocketbook followed. Now, I spent too much. And the funny part of the story is she opened those. She saw them, asked me how much I paid, and I had to take them back so we could um, <laughs> pay our bills for the month. But do you know God's love this morning? Are you thankful for what he's done in your life and what he's given you? For him then to ask you to give back, ask you to tithe or to be generous with others, isn't an issue when you see and know his love and what he's given you and how he's blessed you in your life. But if your heart is stuck, worried and on yourself, and your earthly future, you missed the whole point. And 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 9 talk about giving joyfully, hilariously, thankfully, that God, you are so good to me. You love me. You saved me. You're taking care of me. Oh, I want to give back by giving to you and giving to others. Laying up that treasure in eternity because that's where my heart is. It's on you. I can remember when Lizzie was born, driving home from the hospital. It was rather a quick birth and just being so thankful that everything worked out. And uh, I brought Amy into the hospital, parked the car, I came out and Lizzie was coming out. It was a, it was a crazy story, but I remember driving and being so thankful. Oh God, thank you that things worked out. And thinking about all the other blessings in my life. God, thank you that you love me. Not only um, that things worked out with my daughter, but in so many areas god you're so good and on that day it was the day that i gave my tithe it was you know it happens you get a paycheck a certain amount and for us it's the first thing that we do was give to the church and driving and thinking and crying and being so thankful so when it was time to give back it was like oh not that i have to give it it was like man god you're so good to me you love me thank you for all you're doing is that the story for you this morning? And that's the story of this parable, preparing and living for eternity, not allowing money in our slave to enslave us, our own desires, our own worries, but rather thinking of eternal things, God and people and his word and obeying, truly fleeing the world's thought, fighting the good fight, to be generous, to be disciplined, to give. Yeah, where is our heart? Praise God this morning. He is so good to us. He is so faithful. May we look at God and Jesus today and may all our life follow in thanksgiving to who he is and what he's done. So Lord Jesus, help us this morning. To build our treasure in eternity, to have wise hearts, to lay hold of eternity, to fight the good fight, to be generous. Lord, may we be faithful with little. May we start now. May we start, start when we're squeezed. God, may our heart be in the right place, thinking of you and all you've done for us. We pray this in your precious name. Amen. Have a great week. We'll see you later. Bye-bye.